You're listening to Investigation Insiders by Integris Intelligence. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Investigation Insiders. This is Farhad. Hope you are all doing great. Uh, joining me today is a, a friend and a longtime business associate and trusted Integris partner, Yalkin Demerkaya, president of Cyber Diligence. How are you, Yalkin? Good, Farhad. How are you? Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I look forward to our discussion. Uh, by far, this is one of the most important topics of today, cybersecurity. People ask us to address it all the time. So we went out and got one of the best in the business to talk about it. Um, Yalkin, I know you're you're a modest guy and don't really uh, like to talk about yourself and self-promote too much, but it would be really helpful for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Would you mind talking a little bit about yourself and your career? Sure. Uh, my uh, involvement with computers started in uh, 1981, 1980, uh, as a hobby. Uh, I was fascinated by them. Uh, slowly, I turned into a white hat hacker. Uh, did some programming. I put myself through college, uh, through my knowledge of computers. And in 1987, I joined New York City Police Department. Uh, and I realized that I was the top computer uh, person they had, and I had a charm career. Uh, I raced through the ranks. I retired as the commanding officer of cyber crimes in Internal Affairs Bureau. And I, I formed that unit. I started it. It was the very first uh, cyber crimes investigation unit dedicated to internal investigations in the world. Uh, nobody had it uh, at the time. Uh, I retired in the uh, beginning of 2007 after 20 years of service as the commander of cybercrimes. And uh, I had my practice on the side, which we are allowed to have a secondary employment. Uh, since then, I am the president of Cyber Diligence. Um, I am certified by NSA as an information security assessor. Uh, I am a certified digital forensic examiner. And I've been doing this uh, pretty much longer than anybody I know. <laughs> yep. Um, so it, it's interesting because uh, one of the things you touched upon was just the desire, the you know, the fact that you liked it and you had an interest in it from from a, a pretty early age and sort of the start of uh, cyber crimes. There must have been some pretty interesting investigations that you did with the police department, but that's probably a whole other show in and of itself. Um, so let's 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 talk a little bit about cyber security, cyber crime. Uh, so, so what are some of the main components of a cyber security program in, from a big picture standpoint? Obviously, uh, we're not gonna be able to get into all the details, but from a, a high level standpoint. We can if you have about 12 to 16 hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, probably best for another day, but sure, let, let, let's get into it. All right, 
let me give you the 30,000 foot view. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're an investigator. I'm sure uh, many of the attendees are investigators. Uh, cyber security, cyber crime, cyber investigations are not much different than your traditional investigations. What I mean by that is in our traditional investigations, we have various actors, uh, different types of bad guys. Mm -hmm. Since your drug dealer will rarely uh, rob a bank. Your burglar very rarely be, will deal drugs. Every kind of criminal have their own uh, specialty, mm -hmm. lack of a better term. Uh, so cyber criminals are pretty much the same. Uh, you have some lone wolves out there. Uh, you have some organized criminal groups, typical like organized crime types mm -hmm. overseas. Uh, you have government actors. So everybody is after different things and they use different methods and techniques. They have different objectives. So depending upon who you are, you have to implement appropriate security measures to protect your crown jewels, as we call them. So that is, in a nutshell, is the cyber security, cyber crime world. Uh, depends who you are and what you have to protect. And we always say, look, it's absurd to spend $100 to protect a buck, right? right. So there are certain trends, but it depends who you are. If you're a bank, your threats are different than if you're a retailer or a restaurant or a government agency. So it, it depends. Sure, sure. So what, what are some examples of uh, cyber threats? Like uh, what, what are you seeing out there? Uh, right now, obviously, we do this day in and day out. Uh, I would give you last two years trends. Yep. Uh, right now, ransomware is probably number one, mm. closely followed by business email compromise being number two. Okay. These are the vast majority of the cases. Now, we also get cases on intrusions that is not related to either ransomware or uh, business email compromise. Typically, those intrusions originate from nation states, China being our best customer <laughs> now. And thereafter, uh, theft of intellectual property. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly, one of the trends that we've been seeing last few years is that they're targeting big law firms, believe it or not. Yeah. And the interesting part about that is it is we handled two cases last year. Two massive law firms. Yep. And the discovery of that intrusion was accidental because another group of bad guys who are interested in ransomware attacks, uh, in one case, got into the same exploitable weaknesses <laughs> and they started encrypting their machines. That's how they realized that they have a problem. But once we deployed our uh, tools and uh, 
network forensic collectors, we realized that they've been compromised at least three years prior. Wow. They were not breaking anything. You see, that's the problem. They're not breaking anything. As a result, you're not going to uh, realize that uh, you have a problem. It goes unnoticed. That's, so, that's really interesting. Um, that, that's right. really interesting anecdote. Yeah, it, it's sometimes we are asked to do IT security audits. Uh, even though I can do it at NSA standards, I'm certified to do it. We have our own uh, methodologies uh, as a result of uh, responding to intrusions and doing investigations for decades. Uh, we are kind of hands-on. And I would say right now, 50-50. Uh, In other words, while I'm doing, I am conducting a IT security audit, I discover an intrusion. Sure. Wow. Right. And nobody was ever aware that they were, you know, they were hacked. But the thing is, the bad guys were not breaking anything. They were not doing anything. They were just taking information, uh, stealing emails, uh, stealing case folders. If it's a law firm, uh, I mean, I had a case where uh, our friend Chinese uh, hacked into an entity where uh, they sold all the emails of several people who made U.S. foreign policy on China. Wow. Right? Uh, so it's all types, again, depending upon who you are and what you have to protect. Sure, sure. So um, any, any uh, changes as a result of the work from home trend, or do you think that's, I mean, I guess the vulnerability of the weakest players of any organization may come to light, but uh, any thoughts on, on that? Yes, actually, I anticipated a huge spike because uh, people were using uh, uh, you know, machines from home. It did not happen. It's... Uh, because there were two different groups. One group had work computers and they used it from home. Right. Those computers were secured. They had proper uh, uh, access methodologies through VPN concentrators and so on to access their uh, uh, work network. And then there was another group uh, that used home computers that maybe their kids used uh, three hours prior surfing the web and God knows what they caught. Sure. That's the bigger uh, concern for me, but it really did not happen. The, the threat, uh, uh, lack of a better term, landscape didn't change. In other words, right now, the biggest vector of attack on Networks are phishing slash yep. spear phishing attacks, right? Yep. If I can compromise one workstation, uh, one user, then from there I can uh, uh, I can use it as a pivot point and attack other vulnerable machines from within. So because of that, people working from home didn't 
make much of a difference as far as I can tell based upon the cases that I got. Okay. Um, so, uh, Broad, I, I want to get back to the um, major threats today, the ransomware, the phishing, the uh, uh, things that you mentioned earlier, but just are there any developing threats that may not necessarily be a problem, a prevalent problem yet, but you, you're looking at potentially being in the future. Are there, are there any things like that that you want to mention? Yes. Actually, we started seeing uh, some of it, and I got a few cases on that. And that was, you know, very first one was an interesting one. Mm -hmm. And we got a few others since then. Uh, and there were a whole bunch of false alarms as well, which is extortion. Okay. And seeing now some of the ransomware actors are using that technique. In other words, if the company has robust backup schemes, ransomware is uh, irrelevant. I mean, the, the law firm client that we had that got compromised with ransomware, they lost, uh, I believe, 15 minutes worth of data because they had very robust uh, backup. Uh, scheme implemented at their network, all their servers, everything was backed up Okay. Uh, minute by minute, and the most they lost was 15 minutes. But now the ransomware actors are, what they're doing is that not only they come in and encrypt your data, they take a copy of it. So they say, well, you may have backups, you don't care about the encryption, but if you don't pay me, I will make all the data public so but before that we started seeing cases one came from uh, South Korea what happened is that the bad guys hacked into our clients uh, computer uh, who is a well-known wealthy individual and apparently on the side he's an amateur video uh, video photographer. He likes to shoot home videos. <laughs> and unfortunately, the actresses he used uh, were not his wife. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> to put it politely? Yep. So the bad guys hacked his computer. They roamed around, found these videos, took copies of the videos. And they demanded, I believe, half a million dollars not to provide copies of those videos to our client's wife. Interesting. Right? Yep. And then since then, I've seen a couple of other cases uh, mixed in with that. There was a scam going on a couple of years ago that you would get this email, I, I hacked into your computer. And I saw you were looking at porn unless you pay me a hundred dollars. Yep. You know, it's uh, those are the scam ones that there is no truth to it. But there are some that are actually uh, happened. So that's you don't you will never read it on the papers. You will never hear about it unless somebody like me talks about it. But we started seeing that trend. That's an interesting one because nobody even talks about it. 
Right. Uh, it talks about ransomware. Everybody talks about business email compromise. Uh, but we are seeing that uh, theft of intellectual property has been around forever. Uh, we are seeing that. More and more, we are seeing spyware on phones and computers. Uh, we are getting quite a uh, bit of that. Uh, as a matter of fact, we did the landmark case uh, in New York State on spyware usage. A lot of matrimonial cases. Sure. Uh, we had criminal cases, matrimonial cases. Um, so that's another one of those trends, but it's it's like more matrimonial than anything else. Uh, so we are seeing quite a bit of that putting spyware in computers or phones. Uh, sure. That, that's pretty much the trend last couple of years. You know, it's interesting, like uh, the stuff that you mentioned about like the extortion, right? I, I mean, uh, a lot of times it's it, the motivation is always sort of interesting. There are people obviously that do this to try to get money. There are others that just do it for like they enjoy it, right? They enjoy doing this sort of thing. And maybe there's not even an end goal. And then obviously sometimes it's much more sophisticated than that. Like what we mentioned as far as monitoring intelligence and getting information on things that might have impact on global matters, right? Um, but, you know, like the extortion stuff, that that goes back to like very early on in the internet, right? Where basically they send all these emails out and theoretically what they're saying can be true about anyone that they're sending to. So it's just preying on people's fears like, you know, you know what, I did do this. Does this person really know this? What should I do kind of thing, right? Yes, I, 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 you know, when that was prevalent a couple of years ago, yeah, I had a lot of uh, high-profile clients fell victim to it. They just got an email. I mean, if I send out ten million emails, yep, it'll fit somebody. Sure, <laughs> right? It's just pure statistics. It will fit somebody. And the way we deal with it is that, you know, we look at the email, look at the way the email is constructed, then we go like, this is a scam. If yep. we feel that there may be some truth to it, we ask for proof. Yep. If you cannot give me proof, then you're not real. And in that South Korean case, we did get proof. We got a copy of one of the videos. Sure. How we knew that that was real. Right. I mean, I guess the issue for many companies, and it really doesn't matter how large, small, sophisticated, blue, you know, whatever it is, the issue is that your employees or people that work with you or for you or alongside you um, may be at risk. And, and, and these types of things um, may not target the CEO, but someone you know, a few rungs below that, that just, you know, may be susceptible for this type of issue, right? Yeah, typically uh, it's not targeting the CEO. Right. And some of these are getting, what you're talking about is business email compromise, I assume. Yeah. Our transfer frauds and all of that. Yep. Uh, some of these actors are extremely sophisticated. Yep. Very patient and they're skillful. They know how to configure uh, mail servers. They know how to hide their activity. 
I've seen and I, I investigated a uh, few really large, large ones. My office record is $21 million involving two Fortune 100 companies. $21 million went to Nigeria. Wow. So, and it's uh, sometimes I had another case where there was a Chinese manufacturer and a U.S. importer. The bad guys were doing this man in the middle type of an attack. They ran the business for two months. They were handling people's vacations, office school, <laughs> when the office school was when it's opened. Wow. You were in the heart of it. Everything was passing through them. And they were extremely sophisticated. And uh, it's one of the best I've seen how they handled it. They got about $1.7 million uh, in the process, the way they handled the whole thing. Uh, I mean, look, it's, let me put it this way. There is no attack that cannot be stopped and right. there is a defense that cannot be penetrated sure sure i i think that's a real, real interesting way of putting it the um it, it, it's uh but all of these things could be prevented by and large he's he's the he's the interesting part for us when i retired from nypd i partnered up with a firm like yours yep I was working with them, you know, a bunch of retired FBI guys and NYPD guys. Yeah. And they wanted to leverage my relationship with uh, some of the, uh, you know, higher ups from NYPD that retired and they became, you know, head of security for large firms and this and that. And, uh, you know, the, VP of sales was using my name to get an appointment with uh, some of these individuals yep. I knew from NYPD. <laughs> Here's the problem. Every single one of them had the best IT script team in the world. Every single one of them. Right. My IT guys are great. My IT guys are So because they don't understand it, right, and they go... Well, yeah, my IT guys are great. Well, if all yeah. these IT guys are so great, why do we have <laughs> cybercrime? Right? You know what? You're actually leading me right into sort of a, uh, I want to get into prevention, but one of the questions I always have, um, and obviously we see this as well, right, is, you know, do you believe that people take the threats, cyber threats seriously or seriously enough prior to an incident? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Just, you know, this is not a factual question. This is just, what's your opinion on that? Well, I have very strong opinions about that because I live it, right? I deal with it day in and day out. And it's, uh, I can spend next eight hours talking about this, but I'll give you a quick reca recap of what has taken place. Bottom line is risk, right? When corporations or companies of any reasonable size, they have a CFO. Uh, that CFO makes technical decisions based upon money. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So they say, okay, we understand, Mr. CIO or Mr. CISO, that we are exploitable. We have a problem. How much is it going to cost to fix it? Mm. Well, the answer may be a couple of million dollars. And CFO, who is a numbers person, who's got zero qualifications on IT and IT security, and he doesn't care. All he cares about is, well, I'm going to authorize $2 million for what? What am I getting in return? Right. That is very difficult to convince him that uh, maybe not being on the front page of New York Times. If you look at most publicized intrusions, take Target, take whatever you want, right? All of that could have been prevented. I did a security audit for a large pharmaceutical company. They had 8 million patient records. And they were not even compliant with basic HIPAA. And at the end, I pulled the CISO on the side. I said, you failed it. You know, everything I looked at. I said, wow. you also realize you're not HIPAA compliant, right? He goes, yes, I do. I brought that to the attention of the powers. They asked me how much it would cost. I gave them the number. They said, how much is the fine? I told them $250, and they laughed me out of their offices. Now, he was kind of incorrect because $250 per record, <laughs> not per violation. But this is the problem. You could do a lot, but people choose not to intentionally. They accept that risk, or now you have cyber insurance. They transfer the risk. They right. Get Instead of spending $1 million to make my uh, network secure and monitor it to make sure that no intrusions and such, hey, I'll spend 10 grand on cyber insurance and it'll be somebody else's headache. So cyber insurance is good for cyber security, but so far, every conversation I have with decision makers, they all talk about, all right, you know, bottom line, risk. Everybody understands the risk. Right? You either accept it, you mitigate it, or you transfer it. Right there, they're going to like, hey, I will go buy a cyber insurance. Then I got to come check my systems to see whether or not, you know, I pose a high risk. No. If that company tries to do that, I'll go buy it from the other company. These people are dying to sell me policies. So, and that's the reality right now. Sure. Yeah, you know, but it, it, the money part doesn't address the obviously reputational risk, right? Um, and I think for people that understand that, you know, they're certainly a little bit more proactive than the folks that don't understand it, right? There's the money, which a lot of people, whether themselves or through their insurance policy, can afford, but you keep, sometimes it's the reputational risk that's more dangerous, right? It is, but here's the thing. I handled some massive, massive cases. Yeah. Nobody has ever heard about them. Sure. You see, they know, these companies know, if they call up, they pick up the phone after an intrusion, call FBI, Secret Service, NYPD, whatever law enforcement agency, 
they know it's going to be public. Right. They call me, my engagement letter kind of binds me to non-disclosure, confidentiality. They know we will not talk about it. Right. Right. So that's how I make a living, right? Sure. Other I would have called uh, law enforcement and have, you know, have them handle it for free. Right, right. Um, that, that's an interesting uh, uh, distinction. I, I mean, I guess I kind of uh, knew about that, but um, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. I mean, think about this. Why should you spend all that money with people like me? Well, you can have it for free. Right. Call yeah. your uh, local law enforcement or federal law enforcement. Right, right. They'll, they'll take it, but the thing is, now you lose control, right? And if it's a big enough case, uh, some law enforcement agencies who shall remain nameless love press conferences. <laughs> they live for press conferences, <laughs> right? Sure. And that's something these, you know, People consider, look, if we call law enforcement, we may be on the front page of uh, whatever paper uh, in two days. Right. It could be on national news. Uh, so, obviously, law enforcement agencies are busy handling cases, and some don't. Right, right, right. It's interesting. Uh, so um, you actually um, touched upon quite a few cases uh, that you've worked on. Um, so now we've talked about many of the problems, many of the issues that exist, right? So what are some high-level things that companies and I guess individuals can do to protect themselves um, from these issues? Uh Obviously, there are a lot of things you can do. Yep. First, I would look at my, what I consider crown jewels. In other words, what is it that I need to protect? Hmm. You have to identify. Now, what I need to protect could be, if I'm a you know, big chemical company, my secret formulas. Sure. If I'm an accounting firm, well, I have a lot of other people's PII in my systems. Yeah. Right? I have 50,000 clients, all of their names, addresses, social security numbers, family members, whatever, are on my systems. Uh, first, you identify uh, your crown jewels. What do you have to protect? Sure. Then <clears throat> you identify potential threat actors that may be after it, after those uh, uh, crown jewels. And then you look at the attack vectors. I mean, ransomware. It's mind boggling to me that uh, any company would fall victim to ransomware at a, to a point that their business comes to a screeching halt. That is inexcusable. It is absolutely inexcusable. It is, you know, heads should roll because somebody decided not to implement proper backup. It could be the CIO, it could, it may be the CFO. We never hear about this. Nobody's being held accountable. Uh, we blame the bad guys, right? But mm -hmm. 
plan the inside facilitated that. There is no excuse, absolutely zero excuse to fall victim to ransomware. I mean, you can buy a $99 a year product to protect your small office. Sure. Right, $99. But if you're a larger corporation, you can scale up to uh, whatever you can afford, right? And I'm not sponsored by any of these companies, but Datto is excellent. It's expensive. Not everyone can afford it. But you have uh, you know, a ton of uh, solutions between a $99 Acranus uh, or Carbonite to you know, $100,000 data systems. Sure. Right? It's, uh, what is the business continuity plan? What if I get hit by ransomware? What do I do? Right? Yep. Business email compromise, train your users, implement proper measures, that's that. Mm-hmm. Stop that. Theft of intellectual property becomes more difficult, but there is a defense. There are things you can do to prevent 99% of cybercrime it's doable it's just a matter of doing it sure no i i mean i'll tell you 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 make it sound so very simple um and i mean based on what you're saying there are a lot of very very simple things that offer big bang for the buck right there is it is again ransomware business email compromise there is no excuse especially for ransomware Mm-hmm. Especially for ransom. I mean, I can walk into any organization making ransomware proof in freaking three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple. Right. This is not brain surgery. Real have been invented. And I've seen it in action. One of the uh, you know law firms that got hit with the uh, ransomware, they have data backups. Right. They're backing up their systems every 15 minutes to virtual machines. Sure. Right? Only interruption was we lost 15 minutes worth of data. That was it. Right. Non-issue. Now, obviously, we, our job was to determine how they got in so it won't happen again. Shut those uh, you know, doors down. And that's how we discovered that they've been hacked for years and years and years. But the other bad guys were not interested in breaking anything. They were just taking stuff. Sure. Right? And they were unnoticed. Now, that's more difficult. Now, that you have to really uh, spend quite a bit of resources on the detection part. Because as the good guys, we are always, always at a disadvantage in terms of prevention. Computer systems, computer networks are so, so complex. There are 100,000 different ways of exploiting them. There are exploits out there, we call them zero-day exploits that nobody has ever heard of, right? Now, you cannot be 100% that is given. But once the bad guy is in your network, now we have that advantage, provided we know how to leverage it. Because now that bad guy, needs to be 100% invisible, undetectable, and that is impossible. 
So for me to protect your network, 100% is impossible. But once the bad guy is inside, for him to remain undetectable is impossible, provided that you have proper mechanisms to detect them. I'll give you an example. SolarWinds uh, incident, right? One of the premier, uh, probably the largest uh, company that does what I do, Mandiant, they are the 800-pound gorilla. They got compromised through SolarWinds. That's fine, right? It took them eight months to detect that compromise. Mm. They lost all their tools. Now, obviously, if they were doing something right, they would have detected that within days. Because as soon as the bad guy is in, he needs to communicate with his command and control server. How did you miss that? Because no one was looking. Interesting. Right? No one was looking. So think of a house. Uh, you, you, know, you have a security guard. It sits in the front door, doesn't check the windows, doesn't check the doors, see if anybody's coming in, going out. Right. Yeah, that's right. It costs too much money to do that. Right. Right. So, look, you, you can you can make any network practically cut-proof uh, to an extent, right? Because uh, bad guys need a few days to figure out where they are, how to navigate, compromise other machines. If you detect them during that time, you'll essentially uh, eliminate that threat immediately before they get a chance to do anything. It's cool, but people choose not to. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's one of the interesting things about certainly from our perspective that we see is, again, I, I think your points are just, again, very, very spot on and practical about, you know, evaluating your risk, who's going to attack you, what are they after, and, you know, um, what's it worth uh, to to be proactive versus reactive. Uh, so I, I think those are all just really good points. But, you know, we, we do see a good amount of people that are, um, either in denial or just, you know, don't think it can happen to them or they'll just, you know, uh, money is cheap, right? They'll just use money to resolve the issue. Uh, so really uh, interesting points. I mean, again, it's, it, I forget, uh, you know, we, we haven't talked like this in a while, but I, I, I forget how simplified you could make these things. And I think that's really important because, you know, sometimes when you're speaking to cyber folks or technical folks, they speak in a language that's uh, sometimes difficult to understand. So I appreciate sort of you breaking it down in a way that certainly for me anyway, it's, it is easy to understand. And I'm sure uh, some of our listeners will feel the same way. So one of the things that we usually do uh, at the end of each show is talk about takeaways. So if you had one or two or three things for our listeners to take away, I mean, the whole episode was really good. And it, to me, it's a takeaway. I say that a lot, but I mean it. And, um, just curious if, if there's a few points that you'd like to point out to anyone listening to the show. Uh, vast majority of cyber threats can be eliminated, provided that you want to eliminate them. Mm -hmm. That's 
That's number one, right? Uh, number two, if you are not capable of assessing your uh, employees or the outside contractors who are responsible for IT security, find somebody who does. Hire somebody to look at your systems. And, and that could be, like, doesn't have to be very expensive, intrusive. It could be, all right, you know, maybe go there and ask a bunch of questions and uh, check a few things to say, yeah, it's, uh, you have a good group of people and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, that's that. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, yeah. did I it? This company on paper had amazing IT security. They had, they had a dedicated Cisco firewall engineer to monitor the firewalls every single day. I mean, that was amazing. They were willing to pay somebody to monitor these firewalls, which is detection, right? If the bad guys are in, that person should detect them. And, uh, and part of my audit was interview of that individual. And uh, I interviewed him. He had uh, excellent credential. He had his own private office, very nice guy, very professional. I asked him a question. I said, uh, I would like you to tell me the most interesting item you've seen on your firewall locks yesterday. And after you told me what it is, please show it to me. Right. Right. I got the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> Uh, because he's not accustomed to getting questions like that or challenges like that. And as far as his bosses are concerned, he was wonderful. Right. Right. And he says, oh, I was busy with this and that. I didn't get a chance to look at it yesterday. I said, oh, that's fine. Uh, how about day before? <laughs> Same look. How about last week? How about last month? Right. It was blank. Uh, he never looked at anything. Wow. It is like you having a security guard monitoring all the security cameras in the building. He never raised his head up and looked at those monitors. He was reading, reading a book or surfing the web because mm -hmm. no one was watching him. Right? It's the same thing. Sure. So question the people, if you don't know how to question it, find somebody who does, right? You, ha you, have, to, you have to enforce some uh, policies and procedures that is all originate from, you know, proper policies and enforcement of those policies. And it, again, depends on who you are and sure. what you protect. Yep. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, um, again, I, I, I really appreciate sort of the breaking down of this and, and simplification of look a complex problem right uh, i mean I, I don't think you're saying that the, you know this is uh, simple by any means but you're saying that there's definitely some steps that you can take that are a lot less complicated than i think most people think that would really really increase your chances of fighting off the bad guys or detecting them if they arrive right um so exactly. 
that that's really my takeaway from this. And you know, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping mean, that. What's that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, if you are the CSO, right, and you do not understand the complexities, but as long as you understand the basics, right, you can right. still make sure that the people who understand the complexities do what they're supposed to do. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, IT field, I. Uh, I see it's like medical field. It became so complex. I mean, in my team of investigators, I have people dedicated to different areas. So your exchange administrator is just for that. He will not be able to do anything with your Cisco routers. That's a specialty. So it became like a medical field. So just because you have two IT guys, don't expect them to be uh, IT security guys. It's not sure. their specialty. As a matter of fact, I defend these guys in almost every, uh, I mean, there was a public one. We, we did an incident response to a municipality here in New York, in Long Island. They made the news. And at the end of the day, they were blaming the two IT guys who never received any training on no. security. They had no experience in IT security. And the city manager, city manager was pointing at them. I said, no, 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 no. It's not their fault. They did the best they could. Right. You never trained them. You, you don't have an IT security person. These guys, their job is to make sure that your network is up, your printers are printing, your users can log into their accounts, to their emails, and get the job done. They're not. IT security experts. So you cannot hold them accountable for what took place. That, that's a pretty interesting. Accountable uh, is you. Yep. So that, that, that's a that's a pretty interesting distinction, Yalkin, about IT folks. And you, you know, I I never really thought about it like that. But you're right. I mean, a lot of people say we have these IT folks. Now they're you're right. They're they may be your IT folks making your computers and your network and everything work, but they may not be familiar with the security aspect of it. So I think that that's a really good distinction and uh, honestly a great takeaway for people listening on here that, you know, may just, you know, you, you may just want to go ask some questions. I mean, uh, as a result of listening to this and that might give you some answers that are good or not so good either way. Uh, it gives you a fighting chance. Uh, so really interesting points, Yalkin. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I'm very confident that anyone listening to this will, will get some value. Some people may be more knowledgeable, some may be less, but I'm sure they're going to get great value out of listening. And, you know, I hope that people... Um, uh, reach out to you and ask you questions and engage you for issues that they might be having. Um, so thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure, Farhad. Yes, uh, any questions, uh, give me a call. Doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Just uh, Absolutely. So that, thank you again, and thank you all for uh, tuning in uh, to another episode. Um, 
As always, please send your comments and questions to info at integrisintel.com. Till the next episode, um, have a great day. Don't forget to follow us. We are on LinkedIn and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube.